Thank you, intern Terry. Am I saying that right? No, that's later when we go to the drawer, and it's Craig. Well, we haven't gone to the drawer, the drawer yet. Yeah. No, I don't no. have it all written out, Kevin. Oh, no. We talk for a little bit, and then when you're ready, we go to the drawer. Oh, this is the part where we talk. Yeah, this is the part hi, where we talk. Hi, how are you? Welcome to episode four. <laughs> I love it when you host the show. <laughs> There's a story behind everything from batteries and knives to glue and string. Share with you these forgotten things you find lying in a junk drawer. Welcome to episode four. It's like we kind of know what's going on, but we don't really know what's going on, but we have a pretty good idea what we're doing. A lot of people at home probably don't know this, but we have to record multiple episodes in a day. So chances are second episode of the month, fourth episode of the month, the episodes where I host are usually the second ones we record. Yeah, it's fun. So that means it's going to get real sexy in here. All right, so we should probably figure out what's in the junk drawer. What are we even talking about today, hey, man? Hey, intern... Is it Steve? Am I saying that right? Craig. All right, intern Craig, what's in the junk drawer? What the hell is it? Yep. That was our intern, Craig. Th- thank you, intern Craig. You are rummaging through our junk drawer. He is a real person, and he is truly here in person. That is that is a different person. 100% not a sound effect. No. 100% real-time person. All meat and blood. All meat and blood. Speaking of space clowns, <gasps> Kevin. I'm excited, dude. I have something for you that I promised from the beginning. When you came to me and said, hey, uh, are you high? And I said, yes. And you said, we should do a podcast about shit you find in the junk drawer. And I was like, that sounds like a pretty fucking baller ass, legendary, epic, break your mind podcast. I said, you know what? I, I, I swear that if I get to do that podcast with you, that I will make something and this object a cheesecake. No, no, no. I didn't say. I mean, if you want a cheesecake, I can make one. Like, oh. we can have well, we, one. Well, next time. But, you know, okay. You st- okay. Yeah. Well, you could have just said so. Right. No, I said that I would make this particular item super fucking interesting to you. If you remember the first time we talked about this. No, I don't. I don't remember yesterday, though, so it's fine. I, no, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying that I remember that when we first started talking about this podcast, I said, I, I have one in mind. All right. That I will promise you is Ooh. super fucking interesting. I'm but you wouldn't excited. think that it is interesting. Oh my god, I love this portion of the show where I don't know anything and I just get to hang out. So what is it? Here we are. What is it? This episode. Uh-huh. I am gonna make good on my promise, and okay. I am going to make <gasps> whiteout super <gasps> fucking interesting. Yeah, dude, you promised. You were like, I bet you I could make whiteout fun to listen about. And yep. I'm like, I I I guarantee you, Kevin, that when you open up your junk drawer, hit your junk drawer, and you look through the things, you will find yourself a little tiny bottle of Whiteout. Whiteout. And you will think to yourself, Ugh, Whiteout, why do we even invite her to parties? That's stupid. She's so fucking boring. Not like I'm judging, but she just doesn't have anything to offer the party. Turns out, you've been the dick all this time. Ah, damn it, I thought I was in the right. Because Whiteout has so much 
to offer at the party because it turns out she is Trey in Terrazant. And as promised from beginning, I can tell you that on my deep dive, I was not disappointed. And you dive deep. Oh, I dive deep. Girl, you know it's true. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. I researched it. White out. It didn't land. It didn't no, work. I, it was rejected. Masterful. So, Kevin, 1956. Now, we're talking about... Oh, really? Yeah, so here we are. We start in, we start in 1956. This is like I Love Lucy, The Honeymooners, Lone Rangers on television. And for those of you in the future, we're talking The Crown, Marvie, Miss Maisel. That's where we are. So that's, that's, the, that's the time period we're in. So here we are, 1956, Texas. Dallas, to be exact. We get to meet. Bet Nesmith Graham. Remember this name? Yes. Oh, what? Uh. Bet Nesmith Graham. So, at the time, her name was not Nesmith Graham. At the time, we're talking about Bet Nesmith, but even farther back. So, mm-hmm. Bet. Oh, Bet. Marries. Now she becomes Bet Nesmith. She's a single mother because her husband goes to World War II. They have a son when he leaves, he comes back. They divorce. He's all like, whose baby is this? Single mother divorced in her early 20s, 1956, Texas, Dallas, to be exact. So her dad dies, leaves her a place to stay in Dallas. So now she, with her son, 20s, newly divorced woman in the 50s, living in a piece of property that her father left her in his will. Okay. So she finally she gets a job at Texas Bank and Trust. All right. As a secretary, which is the highest paid position open to women at that time. So she becomes an exec secretary to be. There a- were whole schools just dedicated to teach women how to be secretaries at that time. Well, right? so so secretary was one of the big jobs you could have, and then being an exec secretary, which Bet Nesmith Graham was. <laughs> Uh, which was the highest paid position open to women in the industry. That's earning her 300 a month. That's like 2800 a month now. Oof. All right. So not great, but not bad. Right. So this woman is working at Texas Bank and Trust mm-hmm. as an executive secretary. To make ends meet, she had a bunch of side hustles. One of them was modeling furs. But at her heart, from the beginning, she was a painter and a sculptor. Okay. Heart. Oh, okay. Okay. So to make extra money, because she was a single mother in the fifties, she painted the windows at the bank during the holidays. So oh. like when you get all the fancy, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I love sexy those. Santa and what have you. Um, sexy Santa. Sexy Santa, and I mean like Santa is sexy. He can get it. So, so she would paint the windows of the bank. On the holidays, she would model furs while working at Texas Bank and Trust. Jesus. And raising a child in the 50s. Here's the bitch about working in a bank in the 50s, Kevin. You had to use a typewriter. And typewriters, at the core, are fucking horrible. Tom Hanks? Come at me. Come at me. Because I know what he's going to say. He's going to be like, oh, no. Like, look at how good the keys are. I wrote all my movies on typewriters. Fuck you, Tom Hanks. Oh, no. Come at us, Tom Hanks. You want to fucking go? Let's yeah, go. I I'll start a fight with Tom Hanks right now. I feel like Tom Hanks and I would get in a fight. 
in our pajamas. Oh, and it'd yeah. be the most adorable fight of it all would, time. It would just be a couch cushion fight. So, electric typewriters were garbage back in the day because they had sensitive key triggers and a carbon ribbon instead of one made of fabric. So if you piled up a typo mm -hmm. and tried to use an eraser, the carbon ink would smear all over the page. So correcting was really fucking hard. Plus, she worked at a bank. So if you fucked something up, you could lose thousands of dollars one for somebody else. One decimal point. One decimal point. Oh, God, those decimals. So as she, and this is a quote that I'm going to bring from her, was working on one of the murals she said and realized, quote, with lettering, an artist never corrects by erasing, but always paints over the error. So I decided to use what artists use. I put some tempera water-based paint in a bottle and took my watercolor brush to the office, and I used it to correct my mistakes. So that's how she came up with the idea for what she called Mistake Out. Is that the name Mistake Out? So the original name of, as we know of, Whiteout, but we'll get to that, uh, oh. was Mistake Out that Bet Nesmith Graham came up with because she name? realized Bet Nesmith Graham! <laughs> But here's the thing. She mixes it in her kitchen in her blender. Here's the recipe. In the blender? Eight ounces. Yeah, because she had to do this in secret. Why? Oh, women in the 50s at a bank. Because she's a single mother in her 20s in the 50s. So she can't go to her boss and be like, well, say, chum, I got me a really <laughs> humdinger of a, of a Jenny of an idea. Without him being like, hey, legs, get out of my face. So she knows what she's doing. So she's doing this in secret in her kitchen, in her kitchen blender. Mm -hmm. She mixes eight ounces of tempera paint, two ounces of mineral spirits, and two ounces of titanium dioxide powder, and it works. The thing is, she, did, she wanted to make sure that it was absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. So she enlists the help of a chemistry uh, teacher at an elementary school. Breaking bad. So like Walter White level shit yeah, is yeah, happening yeah. at this point, right? Oh, yeah, dude. And she pours it into old nail polish containers and hides them under her desk and kept it secret for four years from her boss, right? Really? Bet Nesmith Graham cannot afford the $400 copyright fee to develop Mistake Out, but she keeps developing it because she wants it to be absolutely perfect. And as she's doing it, she's selling it to other secretaries under the table. And then her first employees was her son and his friends, <laughs> and she paid them a dollar an hour to fill nail polish bottles using plastic ketchup bottles with funnel spouts. Oh, that's smart. And then they would apply labels by hand, and they would cut the tip off the brushes in the caps at an angle. So you could paint it on, yeah, like a sa like a sash brush when you're painting the house. You have that angle exactly. brush. Exactly. So she's doing that in her garage, single mother, twenty years old in the fifties, doing this under her boss's nose. Four years later, she accidentally signs a bank letter what? with the name of her company, Mistake Out Company. So Mistake what? Out Co. So instead uh -huh. of saying Bet Nesmith, she, she says it. Mistake Out Co. Whoa. Her boss finds out 
she gets fired because she was doing something on her own time well, because she messed up the signature on this bank letter and then he saw that and was like what is mistake out company and she's like uh sorry that was it's my thing and he's like a woman reading at work <laughs> how dare you try to make better for yourself he fires her what a right? fucking asshole the single mother in 1956 so this actually turns out to be awesome because now she can devote herself to selling Mistake Out Company full time. Great. The name doesn't take, so like as previously stated, she couldn't afford the copyright fee. Mm -hmm. But she ends up getting somebody to help her figure out what they're going to do and, and they market it. And they call it Liquid Paper. And in 1958, they opened the Liquid Paper Company. She gets written about in Office Supply Magazine. She has a meeting with IBM. She re receives a large order from General Electric. She moves her operation from her kitchen to a trailer, then a four-room house, and then a shiny new headquarters in downtown Dallas, Texas. Jesus. Then in 1968, she opens an automated plant, and then 1975, liquid paper was producing 25 million bottles a year. Wow. Holding a vast share of a multi-million dollar market that spawned several competitors like Whiteout. So Whiteout is just a company. Liquid paper is what it is. It is a type of liquid paper. Oh, that's amazing. So liquid paper invented by Bette Nesmith Graham Bet Nesmith is Graham. the type of thing you're using. Whiteout is a brand. I love that she was featured <laughs> in a magazine about office supplies like the 50s and 60s made magazines about every fucking thing and, and you were not like, just as like oh look at this look at this hot dame selling right, office supplies right. it was like look at this boss bitch that invented this formula and now owns a multi-million dollar company in the 60s and it's a magazine not selling supplies it's like we have news about the biz yep. of office supplies you're like the fuck Oh, yeah, this is just for the fucking professionals. But we're not done. Oh, so my God. Ben Graham is wealthy. And I mean, like, fab Because now we're, now we're in the 70s, right? We're, we're now in yeah, the 70s. Yeah, we're in, like, 75. You right? said she's moving, like, over 2 mil units, right? Oh, yeah, more okay. so. Okay. So she's got the drip. She has a Rolls Royce. She establishes two foundations, the Guion Foundation, which gives grants and financial support to promote women in the arts, and the Betty Claire McMurray Foundation, which does the same for women in business. Fucking McMurray's a piece of shit. McMurray's a piece of shit. 1962, she marries frozen food salesman Robert Graham, hence the name Bet Nesmith Graham. Gotcha. Or Betty. I'm not entirely sure if it's Betty or Bet. So if somebody out there actually knows... Please let me know because in my research, I couldn't I couldn't tell if it was Betty or Bet. My grandmother's name is Betty, and it's spelled differently, so I just kind of went with it. Is Betty the long of Bet, or is Bet the short of Betty? I think it's all uh, long for Bethany or Rebecca. Bethany Rebecca. Uh, I know fourteen uh, or Bethany Rebecca. Rebecca. Oh, Bethany Rebecca. Oh, is this going to be like one of those things where you like trip out and remember somebody you know named it Bethany Rebecca? Ah, uh, the year was nineteen seventy-seven. I was two years old. So anyway, so. Betty or Bet, Binez, as we're going to call her, <laughs> marries frozen food salesman Robert Graham, and he takes a huge interest in her company, and then he becomes a board member. They divorce in 1975, and Robert 
bars her from making any corporate decisions. What? And he tries to change the formula, which releases her from her royalties. What? Why? So now, here we are, 1979. Okay. At the end of her life, she's very ill, and she's fighting so hard to keep control of her company after all of this shit. After being a single woman in her 20s and a mom in the 50s to being a millionaire conglomerate entity. Driving a Rolls Royce and getting spreads in fucking office supply mags. <laughs> and bigger. I mean, she I'm got sure. bigger. I'm sure. Time. People. Honestly, let's not let's not say let, let's not like shit on office supply mags. Like you're not on one. How cool would you feel? You go into a Staples and there's your face, king of the fucking supplies, but new face the, the new face of pencil holders. <laughs> so in 1979, the end of her life, she ends up fighting hard, gets back her company, sells it to Gillette for 7.5, which is like 48 million dollars now. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. In 1979, and she restores her rights to royalties. Nice. She passes a year later, leaves the fortune to her son, as we've discussed this whole time. Mm-hmm. He was the one that was who, helping fill the bottles back in the day with his buddies, right? Right. Yep. Who still, to this day, runs her foundations, which doles out money to striving women. Do you know who that man is? Who her son is? Oh, please tell us. Tell us, Josh. That son is the... Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. What? Mind blown. Wow. Wow. Mike Nesmith. Mike Nesmith's mom invented liquid paper. I love that story. And not only did she fight the system, she became the system. I, I had heard that years ago, but I'd never heard like the process. And to be honest with you, I thought white out and liquid paper, all that shit it was one of those things that I thought showed up in the eighties magically, you know, like that's right. That, that's when it came about. So I was like, Oh, she must've been like later in life, that kind of deal. But being a single woman in Dallas during that time, like she fucking, the fact that she was having to sell that shit under the table. So her boss at the fucking bank wouldn't find out like that motherfucker should have any kind of say so in what the fuck she's doing with her life. Well, which is even more bizarre to me because this is like the fifties and instead of being like, hey, this sounds to me like a solid plan. Maybe we can make some money because no one had money. Yeah. Instead, he was just like, what? A woman with ideas? Get fucked. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me that he like took the idea and took it and sold like an offshoot kind of of it. And then she ended up beating him out or something. But like the fact that he was just like, get out of here. How dare you? So then she marries this guy, and that guy ends up being like, oh, I really like the money you're making. He was a frozen food salesman. Like, that was this guy's life. Not that there's any disrespect to people who do that now. I'm just saying, this is the 50s. No, this was the, this was the 60s. I have a quote. I have a quote for you. I have a quote for you. Uh, I have a quote to you. I have a quote to you, specifically. Kevin Alves, she actually said this back in to 1977. Yeah, oh, great, great. I was two. So I have an actual, you were too, God. <laughs> I know. So right? you, the, you're part of this. I am. I'm, this is my generation. So Bette Nesmith Graham said this, quote, most men, most men are ignorant. They don't really understand. And so women have to just keep on with their determination and be relentless. We have to not relent. She says this in 1977. Wow. After creating the Liquid Paper Company. And, and fighting her entire life to keep it from some shitbag. Right. And this is like right 
like right after she like right before like two years before she gains back control of the liquid paper company and sells it to Gillette which as the company says is the best a man can get that is the best it really is woof woof her kid is in the monkey and that's the thing like he I wonder <laughs> it's funny because he's kind of a fucking goofy stoner on the show in the monkeys and it's like did, did it get that way from fucking hoofing all that white out all those years <laughs> Actually, you can get high from huffing white up, but I'm sure well, that's you can not true. Or can't. You can. I, it takes a lot. How do you know? Because I looked it up. Mm hmm. Sure. You've been hoofing liquid paper all morning, haven't you? Getting ready for this no, episode. No, and honestly, I wouldn't dare do that because it would besmirch the legacy of Betty Nesmith Graham. Oh, bet. B Town. Betty Nez. So let me ask you a question, Kevin. Are you ready for a little bit of a. <laughs> Oh, pop quiz. Yeah, you are. Take it in. All right, everybody. Number one. Betty Nesmith Smith. <laughs> what was the original name of liquid paper? It was Mistake Out. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Which is, I wish it would go back to Mistake Out because that's funny. And it also, it sounds like you're talking, to, it sounds like a drunk cop talking about what they did last night. Oh, it was a Mistake Out. I haven't had a good Mistake Out since college. Number two, what was liquid paper originally stored in? Empty nail polish bottles. Oh, two out of three. <laughs> this is your record oh so far, God. bud. I am, I am the smartest person alive. All right, number three. Where did Binez make her mistake out for four years? In her house in a blender. In what room? The kitchen. Oh, three out of three. <laughs> this is a monumentous <laughs> day. Oh, my God, man. Hold on. Oh, I almost forgot. That was just uh, uh, for myself. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's I'm just amazed at myself that I remembered those things. <laughs> well, congratulations. I'm glad you did. Thanks, man. I'm glad I did, too. Um, and guess what you did? Did I just make... White out, super fucking interesting. You just made white out super fucking interesting. Oh, yeah. so I win, you win, everybody wins. Oh today. my god, it's so many years in the making for this episode, and it's been like five years since we've talked about this. I was super happy that we got to do this one because it was like I, I, I said I would do it, and I feel like I didn't do it. I found the conduit to do it because the person who did it. Bet Betty Binez Graham. And we've got to now somehow start a Twitter campaign to get Michael Nesmith to come on our show and talk about Betty Nez. Yes, please. And hear the stories of him filling up bottles back in the day. And and the, he was on the ride from Jump because I think he was 13 when they first started doing that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. So, like, you were aware of that. Oh, wow. You remember that memory. Yeah, yeah. You were, like, you're a teenager. Like, that's teenager stuff. Because, I mean, when you're, like, five and six, you're, like, it's, like, flashes. Think about it. Being being that that person, like, you know, you, you marry your high school sweetheart, which she did. He goes to war. He comes back. They divorce. Why? <laughs> not my business. No, I, I'm not asking. I mean, I don't want to get up on that shit. But... Imagine what that does to you because you're pregnant. You have a child. While he's in war. It's the 50s. He comes back and they, they divorce. So now you got this kid. What are you going to do? 
So you start to work on a bunch of different jobs. You get you you know you you play to all your strengths. You do all your side hustles, and the one that lands is working at a bank, which sucks, but also good money. So you're sitting there going, you know what really fucking sucks? What really fucking grinds my fucking gears? What chaps my chats is that I can't make a mistake. Because if I do, either someone's out of thousands of dollars or I lose my shit and have to start over. Were you in the, t- in the time frame still where they were teaching actual typing? Oh, yeah. No, I, I got my type. I got my, my, w, my WPM measured. I did the whole thing. Yeah. Did you, we had the um, whiteout sheets. Did you ever have those? Those little sheets which you, it was a, it's a little rectangular cellof- piece of cellophane square that had whiteout on one side of it. And you'd slide it, you'd, you'd slide it back where they, the hammer would come up and slam the letter into the thing. And you'd back up one letter and hit that letter again. What a hot pairing that the 3M people who brought scotch tape to the world mm-hmm. and whiteout mm-hmm. and, and liquid paper had like a weird sexy affair oh, that yeah. no one talks about. Oh, yeah. But like whenever you get one of them, you're like, oh shit, this is actually so much easier. And you're like, think about the hotness mm-hmm. that was that sweaty, rainy summer night when things got so fucking real. Oh, so real deep down at those companies. <laughs> I think that it's amazing that we think about that that thing that the, the concept like we pull out the drawer we see the whiteout and we use it with abandon when we were kids we don't so much anymore but we still see it and that it's it's visceral and i'm like think about what that that is such a ground to fucking that's farm to table tech right there <laughs> is what that is it's the same it's the same formula and that formula stays the same it's the same you can make it at home um, it, it hasn't changed. You just need a blender and some time. It is. It is eight ounces of tempera paint, two ounces of mineral spirits, two ounces of titanium dioxide powder. Where the fuck you get that? What is that? Titanium dioxide powder. Yeah, is that just laying around the house? Was that borax? What is that? What are we talking about? Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's super easy to get. It's something you get for arts and crafts. Uh, it's used. It's a dye. It's used in soap making. It do, so it won't it get you flagged by the FBI. No, no. It's something you can get at a, you can get that at a Joanne's Fabrics or a Michaels. Oh, Joanne's Fabrics. You can get it at Target. You can get it at Walgreens, you can get it on Amazon. Well, I'm going to go right now and get some. Yeah, make your own whiteout. Yeah, yeah, dude. Let's do this. Josh, we did it. We did it. Four episodes in the cam. God, we're doing so great. Uh, you know who's also fucking great? Jason Moody. Jason Moody, who fucking did our goddamn theme song. Is he getting a big Mr. Thank You? A huge Mr. Thank You to Two Jason Moody. Two thumbs up, Mr. Thank You. Dude, awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Big Mr. Thank You to you. Big Mr. Thank You to you, dude. Fucking nice, nice episode. Nice episode four, man. And Mr. Thank You to Bet Betty Binez Graham. Yeah. For creating liquid paper. Because without you, man, so many, so many fuck ups. So many fuck ups. I would not have graduated elementary school or high school, even though the internet was happening at the time. Slowly. Never used it. No. Didn't touch it. Didn't want it. No. In high school times. Fuck it. Definitely had a typewriter, though. I think that's it. Kevin and Josh will reveal a lot about all of the stuff that you forgot. Some of it may come as quite a shock, it's just lying in your junk drawer. Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.